everybody. Welcome back to the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast, episode 403, which is entitled Something Beautiful. <laughs> and it is written by Gordon Smith and directed by Dan Sackheim. Daniel Sackheim? What is he? Does he go? They're both. Is he Dan, both. Danny? He's Dan, Dan, to, he's Dan in our Dan hearts. Dan to me. He's Dan to me. <laughs> well, yeah. So welcome back. I'm Chris McCaleb, one of the editors of the show, though I did not edit this episode. And uh, with us eventually will be Kelly Dixon. We're having some technical problems. Kelly is in New York still, uh, as she has been on all these podcasts, both this one and future podcasts, because uh, we're recording these out of order a little bit. Um, and uh, we've got, uh, well, as always, we have co-creators uh, of the show, Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan. Hey, hey guys. Hey, hello. And uh, over there on the, the, the board, we've got Joey Reinish. Hello. And we've got two very special guests today. First, to my right, we've got the writer of the episode and writer of many great episodes of this show, Gordon Smith. Hello. Hi. And, uh, and then we have a, a first timer on the podcast. You know him as the vet, Caldera, <laughs> on the show. Uh, he's also, I don't know if it's hyperbole to say, well, I'll say one of, if not my favorite comedian, uh-huh. uh, Joe DeRosa. Well, Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm that, good. That's geez. That was not very nice of you to say. It's true. It's true. Yeah. You're. I have a long. We're and it, you probably can't hear it at home, but <laughs> Skype is ringing right now as we're trying to talk, <laughs> which is I, hilarious. I, I can you hear me now? Oh. We can, hello, Kelly. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can, oh, okay, great. Can you okay, hear us? Good. Yeah, I can hear you. Well, Kelly, we are. We just started the show, and I just uh, was introducing uh, Joe. Joe and Gordon are here as our. Peter and Vince and Joey and me. Hello. Oh, hi. Hey, hey Kelly. Kelly. Hi, everybody. Hi, Kelly. And I was, just, I was just telling Joe that he is one of my absolute favorite comedians, because in addition to being an excellent actor, uh, Joe's a fantastic stand-up comedian. Absolutely. Uh, Comic? Yeah. Stand-up comedian? I mean, how do you... I am not precious about it. All right. Uh, the fact that it even exists as, a, as an art form is enough for me. So. <laughs> well, good. Uh, good. It's a ridiculous job. <laughs> thank, thank you. I'm very flattered by that. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. I have a long commute. Uh, to get here, and uh, I many many a day have been spent listening to in, your entire albums that I've listened through to many times. So I met Thomas uh, Schnauz. Yeah. Um, I met him at a show. This is the first. I told everybody before we started recording. I was like, I have a million <laughs> stories from over the years um, that I've always wanted to share with you guys, and you know, there's not time really on set. To be like, hey Vince, hold on with the shot. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's I, I met Thomas now. The first time I ever met him was at I, so I auditioned for the show, and then I went down to uh, like the the next day I went to Flappers in Burbank to do to headline four shows, two Friday, two Saturday, and the late show Saturday. This guy comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, you know I like your comedy." And I'm like, "Oh thanks, buddy. Are you here for the late show?" He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, and he leans in and he's like, "I work on Better Call Saul. It's a great audition." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "We really liked your tape." And I was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Jeez, uh, 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 oh, thanks, man." And then uh, I just went backstage and I was like, "Don't bomb." Don't bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Please have a good show. <laughs> And it was a good show, thankfully. Awesome. Um, but that was a uh, that was my first step into this uh, wow into this universe with all of you. 
uh, and it's been great getting to know all of you. Uh, we're, we're lucky, lucky to have you. That's uh, my oldest, uh, my oldest friend, uh, Tom. Well, actually, I got one other friend I've known just about as long, but he and I went to NYU together, NYU Film School. Really? Yeah, great guy. Yeah, because you guys go back to well, I mean, you go back to college, but I mean, he, yeah. you you were all on X Files together too, right? Yeah, he and I were on uh, X Files together and uh, had a great time. Great time on that. I, you know, wouldn't know how to do wouldn't know how to do this job if it weren't for that job. And I think he might say the same thing. That wow. was a great one. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. A lot of history. Yeah, definitely. a lot of TV history in here. Definitely. And uh, Joe Kelly actually edited uh, your first episode. Which well, is, uh, really? Also, was that Gordon? Was that your first episode as that well? Was of the my show, first episode, yeah. Episode one hundred and six, the Mike yeah. episode. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Oh yeah, that's right. That God, I, I did remember editing the first your first episode, but I didn't know the number. Wow. <laughs> you, you're definitely a, a BCS nerd, Chris. Now because that's true. I didn't remember the number, and we did call it the Mike episode. That's right. I think that's actually that's how you submitted it to the Emmys because there's normally you know there's a description of the show, you know, like you might see in your DVR, and you know it kind of gives everything away. And you just were like, "Look, it's the Mike episode." That's all period. you need to know. The Mike and it, episode. And it, uh, I would yeah, note it that it was, it was nominated. It worked. <laughs> so. And and I don't know if folks listening uh, know this, uh, the way it works the Writers Guild, when you create a character as a writer, every time that character appears in a later episode, mm-hmm. you get you get character money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that explains uh, Gordon, why Gordon keeps putting this character uh, in this episode. Yeah, so is there a place for the vet in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's is great. There? Yeah. You told me that when we were shooting that first, the first ep- yeah. 106 it was, mm-hmm. was the number. Mm-hmm. You, you, I, you were, because when I was in my trailer in between scenes, they e- you guys emailed my reps and said, we want to put you on hold for another episode this season. Ooh. It was weird timing. And then my reps emailed me. And then I went to set, back to set, I saw you and you're like, I think we're going to see you again soon. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. And you're like, well, I get paid. I do, but I was also writing that next episode. Yeah, that's yeah. how I knew. Yeah. So I yeah. like, classic, I'm Gordon. working on this, so it's great. The, uh, can we, can, let's, you know what I want to address, because you heard my podcast. I, I did, yeah. Joe, Joe has a, a, really, a, a really good podcast that just restarted on a new network. Yeah, Starburns Audio. And it's called We'll See You in Hell. Uh, so if you like <laughs> horror and sci-fi and fantasy movies, why, you listen to it. It's funny. Nice. It's fun. But, uh, but I didn't know you listened to it. I do. So you heard my secret, which I was outed. I wasn't uh, going to say anything. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, so I, I don't want to like, out you. I got to of... get this off my chest because it, it's just it's too right. burdensome walking around with it. So we were recording our first episode for our new season, and uh, my co-host walked in, and I was watching Charles in Charge. <laughs> <laughs> Which is embarrassing enough, probably. That's good. And he said on the po- and he now hear me out. He said on the podcast, he goes, "You've never seen Breaking Bad, and you're watching Charles in Charge again. What is the matter with you?" <laughs> so Breaking Bad was on. It was the biggest thing ever on TV, and it was one of those things. Like by the time I had gotten wind of it, it was probably about it was starting the third season. Right. And I was too overwhelmed. I was like, I would just get farther and farther away. There'd be more and more episodes. And I was like, I can't. It's too much. It's too, yeah. I, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, yeah. And, but I knew the show was good and I knew it was great. And I, I liked all the people that were involved and everything. 
And then I got the audition for Better Call Saul. And I was like, shit, I, I, uh, <laughs> I've never seen Breaking Bad. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't have to have seen it because I'm, I'm in the, this is a prequel. I don't yeah. have to have seen Breaking Bad. So I went in and, and just did the audition. And then as it went along and started to move forward, I was like, you know what? I don't want to watch it now because I'm scared because it's going to put too much goddamn pressure. <laughs> like, you don't want to be... You don't want to be in a thing that you like every time I've auditioned for a thing that I already was obsessed with, I've never, ever, ever gotten it. Ah. Anything cool I get to do yeah. is I get to go in and be like, I have great respect for this work. Let me just audition for it. And and sometimes that works out. But you know, if I was like, I can't, I don't want it in my, I don't want it in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and you're in good company, by the way, because uh, when, uh, when uh, Bob Odenkirk came in mm -hmm. uh, for, actually, did he audition? Did we just call him? How did that work? We just or, called him. Okay. We yeah, called him. Yeah, you said that he was the only one that didn't have to read or something, right? He, one of the few. He one of the very, very few. You could count on less than one hand. But he, but when he when he got the call for Breaking Bad, that was only season two, but he had no idea. He had never heard of it. And he said, ah, what is this thing? Luckily, he had a, a, a friend or two who said, oh, man, you should go in on that. But, no, so you're in very good company. <laughs> I feel I feel safe enough now that I can start I can start watching it. I won't be too freaked out. <laughs> but I mean, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You still haven't seen it? No. No. Oh I was just God. like, I was like, no, I'm staying. Because then it, it became yeah. a thing where I was like, this guy doesn't know any of that stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No, that's true. I don't need it in my no, head. You don't. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a guy that doesn't know where this is going, and and dub, uh, even more so that this character um, is every scene is written. I don't know if this is on purpose or what, uh, but every scene for this character is always written where he. Every time I work with one of the famous characters or whoever, it's always his first time. Yeah. With them. Every single, I feel like every single scene he gets is there's some new thing he, some new darker territory he's walking yeah. into and being like, you know, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this or whatever. So that was part of it too. I was like, I don't know. He, this is, this is who the character is, yeah, you know? Yeah. So well, that's a very good <laughs> point. Whatever's going on, you should keep doing yeah, whatever keep, you're, keep doing whatever you're doing. You're doing don't, it right. You're, you're, we're not permitting you to watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to screw anything up. <laughs> Look, the, the only way, reason I'm comfortable enough telling you this is because I saw Peter Dinklage. I'm not comparing myself to Peter Dinklage, but I saw Peter Dinklage once on Letterman, and he goes, I never read Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 and he's like, who, who, what's the guy's name that wrote it? George, George Martin. R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. Yeah, Letterman's like, well, how does George feel about that? He's like, he's not crazy about it. <laughs> he's like, but I, I don't know. I never read it. I'm having fun, though, you know. <laughs> I, know I don't know where it's going. I know the feeling, though, completely what you're saying, because at a certain point, you know, it's like The Wire. It's just people saying that, because I was late to The Wire, very late, and part of it, at a certain point, it was... Uh, it was it was uh, a feeling of standing at the bottom of a mountain and looking up at it and saying, "How am I going to get all the way to the top here?" It's 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 daunting. Also, yeah. it's, the way people talk about these shows, like The Wire, is the prime example for me. Is yeah. that I kept on hearing for years, and I was very late to The Wire. Mm -hmm. This is so great. This is a piece of literature. This is Charles Dickens. This is this is like this no, is, no pressure. This is, this is this is this is something. This is like a Russian literature, and 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 it didn't make me want to watch it. It made me think, oh, this is this is going to be work. Yeah. This is going to be work. To, and the, 
what people don't say is that show is fucking entertaining as hell. Mm-hmm. It is it is entertaining. It's the characters are great, and, and you just can't wait to find out what happens next. Yeah. And so uh, I feel that way about Breaking Bad too. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's you uh it's it's the mountain of the the show. You know, there's a lot of shows like that. I never I, here's another confession. I never watched Mad Men. Because it was the same thing. People were like, "You gotta see." It. I was like, "It's it's they're three and a half seasons deep." Yeah, yeah. I I can't yeah, imagine yeah. what I have to start to wrap my head around. Right, right, right. And when I was writing for Pete Holmes's talk show, he and I wrote a monologue. All the monologues were thematic on his show. It wasn't just bits. It was always like a themed thing. But we wrote a monologue about I don't have any. The theme was I don't have any more room in my head. Yeah. Uh-huh. For this stuff, yeah, and the yeah. and the examples were it was it was because uh, he loved Mad Men, but it was Breaking Bad, uh, Harry Potter, uh, and Game of Thrones, and it's like I yeah, I, I can't yeah, yeah. I I already have the whole Mad Men cast in here because yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like his show, but um yeah, yeah. but anyway um it uh, it's it it gets intimidating too when you like you know when you uh, when you when you know yeah the the the, the like I don't understand how anybody acts in like a Star Wars movie. It's like you must you gotta hate Star Wars. You can't be there being like, Oh look, it's fucking Darth Vader <laughs> <laughs> well, That's what they said about the new one, the the Ryan Johnson one that, that Laura Dern you can they say you can see her going pew pew when she's shooting a gun because everybody is so familiar with Star Wars that you want to be like whoa yeah. your lightsaber fighting and yeah yeah it's it, you mean it, you it, can it, see her making the sound effect with her mouth uh-huh. oh, okay yeah well I That's saw funny. I saw a um, I remember when we I saw Wolf of Wall Street with a friend of mine and we walked out and he goes you know dude everybody in that movie sounded like they knew they were in a Scorsese movie. You know, yes. because that, interesting. that's another element of it. Yeah. You start going, this is this is how you act if you do this. Kind, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, and he, the, the funny thing is, I, I just watched a making of Goodfellas yeah. and they said the way they cast Goodfellas was they had they purposefully cast people that did not seem like they fit those roles. Ah. So they got Paul Servino to come in who had never done anything like that. Okay. And, and he said he was like, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm not this guy. Huh. And they figured it out, and that's why it's so good and believable because it doesn't become cliche at any yeah. point. You know, it's not the person doing what they think it's supposed to be. Interesting. You know, that's an interesting thing, and I would say that about this show too, and about Breaking Bad. Is that the, there are a lot of characters like yours, Joe, or Kubi, played by your friend Bill Burr, yeah, Bill Burr. or or Lavelle. These are these are comics who come in and play these like way against type these people who are really connected to a kind of a dark underworld what what do you think that is that that so many comics can come in and play these have this connection to the to the darkness well comedians are dark it's not fun it's it's a real it's a real filth that's why i don't like a lot of the the the, the things they do like the the fictional depictions of comedy i i don't think any of them get into what the real darkness of it is um you know they'll show people abusing drugs and they'll show people that have drinking problems and they'll show people where their marriage falls apart or, or whatever that's all like cookie cutter stuff you know what i mean it's like they don't get into the real emotional like what it's like to be to take all of it on your shoulders when you do a show 
you know, you do a show and it goes well, and you feel like a champion. Mm -hmm. You do a show and it feels bad. You feel like Frankenstein's monster, like they're going to run you out of town with pitchforks or something. Right. And and then taking that emotion, and both of those are unhealthy because one's going to give you like a slight god complex, and the other one is going to just make you feel worthless. And then you take those emotions, and and you you there's no one to share them with. Like you go back to a, a hotel room or or wherever, and there's not a lot of people you can talk to about it. And it's, it's, so it's dark, it's dark. And I know guys that do a lot of weird stuff to deal with that darkness. Yeah. Um, nothing illegal, but you know, well, I guess some of them do. Drugs are illegal, but, uh, but they, you know, so I, I don't know, like that's, I guess that's what it is. That's what always interested me. Doing, doing flat out comedy scares me. Like in, as an act, as an actor, I don't, I, I don't like doing it. Uh, you mean in a movie or in a TV show? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right, right. Like when I audition for, like, uh, like, like a single cam right. comedy kind of thing. I don't, I don't like it because okay. you, 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 there's a weird line you have to walk where it's like, you do have to play it truthfully, but you have to play it funny, a funny version of truthfully. Yeah, yeah. So you have to figure out. Yeah. Like I always said, like Kev, like I watch Kevin James. I'm like. I don't even understand how he does that. Like yeah. he figures out how to make it palatable, but it's still really funny. And I just never got that. I I really like like somebody saying like you can go deep over here into this dark uh, corner. That's all I ever wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. All I ever wanted to do was play shady people and, but, you know, <laughs> and I would say crooks and criminals. I love I love that stuff. One of the things that I think that that does, and I think in your performance we've, we've been able to get, is it it. It instantly adds a layer because, like, when you're saying, "Oh, comedy is a dark world," you're not playing the darkness, right? There's there's a right. way of kind of separating that. So I remember from your audition, it was like there's some line because it was the sides were for the scene with with treating Mike on his wound, yeah. And there's just like some small joke in there that that the that the character makes. And we had a lot of people that were that were playing the darkness. They were just like, you know, you're gonna get in trouble with this this wound. And we were like, ah, <laughs> uh, okay. And you were you threw it away like. Yeah, you're you're probably gonna set off metal detectors, asshole, kind of kind right. of thing. And yeah. so by not by by not playing it as like this is the darkest moment, it actually gave the characters layers, and we're like, oh, that's a person, that's a person because you don't wow. you don't in the same way that you're talking about, like you don't know that you're in a dark world, like you don't, yeah, you, yeah. the character doesn't know like this is the darkest thing that's ever gonna happen, like. Well. I don't, I don't know, man. It's pretty fucking dark. Here. It does, but, yeah, but the vet, it's kind of work a day for him. It's yeah, like yeah, his right, is his yeah. gig, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a sense of the, these assholes come and they go, and they pay him, and he, you yeah, know, yeah. he does his day. I don't yeah. know. Like, well, that's funny because that, I forget who the casting. I forget the name of the casting director. I apologize for that because she was really wonderful. That's probably Sharon Bialy and Sherry Thomas, and, or maybe Russell Scott. It was just, I think it was Sherry. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, sure. And but I remember when I auditioned. Because I, I, at first I came in like a comedian. I was like, or, or like a smartass. She's like, take it down, take it down, take it down, you know. And she just kept, we did it like five times. I've never had somebody ha do an audition that many times. Yeah. Usually if you don't do it right the first time, they're like, that was great. And they tell you to leave, which I started finally being comfortable enough to be like, how do you really want me to do it? That, that was great. It's never, that's never good. That's a good thing to say, by the way, at that moment, because, because if you're reading that from the room, 
Yeah. You, you got nothing to lose. You might as well take another shot at it. Yeah, yeah what are you yeah, going to yeah. do, right? Yeah, I think it's really wise. That's good <laughs> advice to, to budding actors out there, seriously. Yeah, yeah. and then you get the, then you, if you get the part, you have a story for, yeah. for the couch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, but, but, she, but when I went in, it was, you know, I was so jaded at that point. Um, I'm still jaded, but you know, I was, I was a jaded guy at that point with act when it came to acting. Cause I was just like, I'd gone out for so many shows and I was like, I had just gotten to this point where I'm like, they're going to give it to like Patton Oswalt or something like that. Like there, this is, this is this, all these auditions, like it's just, you go in and you do it and hopefully down the line you get something later when you're kind of famous or whatever. So I went in and like. She like kept like being like do it smaller, 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 and then I did it. And then the last thing she said to me after we got it right, she goes, "You can take a note." And I was like, "Well, that's good to know." They're the best, and they love Absolutely. actors, and they want to see actors succeed. And they every time it's and, and this is a truism or a true whatever the word is I'm looking for. Everyone when when they do that job, they want the next person in the door to nail it mm-hmm. because it just makes their life easier. But Sharon, Sharon Russell, that's it's that feeling times 10 because they love actors and they want to see yeah. actors succeed and they, and they want to help them make it happen. Sharon, Sherry and Russell also champion someone. They'll say, you, you should take another look at this person. Oh, or yeah. What was it? What was it that didn't work for you about that? Let's, and we'll bring people back. That's uh, and, and part of it, I think, I think is, is we try to be open minded enough that our view of like the, the way that we, picture the character in the room isn't necessarily the way the character ends up. Yeah. I think the for me the biggest one was uh, uh, Gus Fring. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and I, I, as, you know, I, I don't think Giancarlo, I, I, I don't know that any of us would have pictured Giancarlo. Who he, did we, what archetype did we have in we mind? Were, I can't we even were remember thinking, We were just thinking of a, you know, a, a drug kingpin. You know, we were just thinking, I think probably we're thinking along the lines of some of the actors who are on Narcos now. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And Giancarlo came in and just, you know, he is a completely different flavor from anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and it was just right. You just you just said, wait a minute. Okay, this is, you know, this is this is the guy. Yeah. And and yeah. he, 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 he uh, you know, we were just talking about Bob not, didn't audition for us, but Giancarlo did. Yeah. And I. You know, it's 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 tough. I think for someone, it's tough to even ask. You know, Giancarlo Esposito, yeah. who's been in so many. He is such. He's an iconic actor. He was mm-hmm. an iconic actor before he joined Breaking Bad. Yeah. He's iconic. He still came in and auditioned for us, and and boy, that meant the world. I mean, it's it's incredibly flattering. You guys have, <clears throat> excuse me. You guys have given so much uh, to so many actors. It's truly incredible. Like you've 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 allowed people to get their first sort of time in the spotlight. You know what I mean? Um, and you've cast people like that, and then you've also given this great stage to people that have been doing it forever. And that, like Banks is such a great example. It's like that guy is is a tried and true professional actor. Like that guy is. If he wasn't here in Hollywood, he'd be the guy like in Wisconsin doing the theater show every every two months. You know yeah. what I mean? Or whatever. Like that guy is a born actor, and he was going to make a living acting, however it was going to lay out. Yeah. And the fact that you guys brought him in and and put him in this role that where he finally got like the 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 industry award recognition stuff. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, and it's like I've heard him on this podcast. You know, talking. I mean it. 
not to, not to get schmaltzy here, but um, you know this business is up and down, and you know you have you have bad times. And I remember listening to this podcast when I was in a in a little bit of a dry spell, and I was kind of panicking. And I remember hearing Banks say uh, there were times where I said, "Honey, we might have to sell the house." Right. And he goes, and, and I didn't have to. And I was like, okay, just keep your head down. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Don't catastrophize. Every, and it was. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it happens. You go up, you go down, you know, you go, something falls through. You're like, shit, that was my fall. You know? I mean, the big, it was, you know what it was? I remember now. I was supposed to be on this sitcom and they, they replaced me. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? They, they, they cut the character after the first episode. Oh, uh, man. Uh, because they thought the character was too unlikable. And he was. He was, a, he was a pervy guy, but that was the thing. He was supposed to be the unlikable guy. And God bless Andy Ackerman, who's one of the greatest TV directors. Um, apparently, they were in a meeting, and they're like, we think Joe's character is not likable. And Andy goes, well, I guess we did our job then. <laughs> <laughs> That is just uh, the unlikable character is unlikable. Oh my God, we got to get rid of the unlikable character. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal, and that was supposed to be ten episodes on a sitcom in the fall, two years, whatever it was, a year or two years ago. And then you get a call two weeks before you're supposed to begin, and they, and and it's your best. It's my friend Pat running the show, and he had to be like, I, I don't know how to even tell you this, dude. They we fought as hard as we could. They yeah. just don't want this character on the show. Yeah, and. Uh, and I think that's when I heard Banks say that. Yeah, yeah, it was like right around then. I was like, okay, this is like a, this is like a thing. It's that, an omen. Anyway, yeah. So um, anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to digress in, into my crap. My point is, is like I think it's awesome that that you all have created this stage for people. Even Odenkirk was a guy where, like, I was the biggest Mr. Show fan. Yeah, us mm -hmm. too. Definitely. Oh yeah. I was a huge fan of Bob's stand-up, which. Was hard to find. He, yeah. he wasn't a guy that was doing specials and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like uh, there was that period where I didn't see him for a while on anything until you guys put him on. I knew he was on Breaking Bad as the lawyer. Right. And uh, I've seen some Breaking Bad, by the way. It's not... <laughs> Wait a minute. Now your story changes. <laughs> it's not like I've never seen anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like the end of the show, and everybody's like, "What are these guys going to do next?" And they're like, "Well, we're going to." You're like, "Well, we're going to do a spinoff with Odenkirk," and then all of a sudden, he's the hottest actor on television. And it's like, Jesus, man, yeah. talk about like a killer second act. Yeah, just an amazing thing. But I just think it's so cool that you guys give opportunities like that to people. Burr says it all the time. Wow. He's like, "Everything I got was because of Breaking Bad." Oh man, wow. I love that guy. Yeah. Wow. I love that guy. Well, I feel you know, I. I Hey, we're going to get sappy now, and I will because I feel exactly the same way. Because I was, I my career was going fine. I was making a living as a writer, and I was, believe me, I had had enough lean times that I was so grateful to be working. And I had been working mm -hmm. for probably eight or nine years continuously, writing things that didn't get produced for the most part. And then I had this meeting on this TV show. Uh, and in fact, I had been given the advice at the time, and I was in my 30, 30s, probably, late 30s. I had been given the advice, you know, I had said, you know, I'm interested in being on staff on a really great, really good show. Uh, mm -hmm. And somebody told me, you know, frankly, you're too old. No one's going to hire you. Are you No kidding? one's going to hire you. No one's going to hire you for a TV show. And then a friend of mine, a showrunner, mm -hmm. uh, tried to put me on staff, and I found out later. I didn't find out at the time. And then a certain network 
that's already been mentioned on this, sh- this show, uh, <laughs> wouldn't let him hire me as a staff writer. They would. They they said no. We're not going to let you. Even though I had I had credits and I had written a bunch of HBO stuff, uh, we, they wouldn't. And then Vince hired me on Breaking Bad, and it changed. It was my first TV series, and it changed my life. And it's I, so I absolutely. Uh, and I had at that time a uh, a wife and a small child, and and uh, you know, and a very small house, and yeah. uh, and it's it's it, it, I absolutely I absolutely get what you're saying. It's something people don't understand about television or ah, show business, really is how uncertain it is. And there are two ways that people react to that. One is by being incredible spendthrifts mm-hmm. and just smoke them while you got them. And the other one is to just be cheap as hell and scared. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm in category two. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I, I make no bones about it. I, when I was TV writing, uh, and the reason I stopped TV writing was for two reasons. Number one, as a comic, it was. It started to get harder and harder for me to sit in a room, uh, and have to, and basically get bossed around by another comic whose show it was. You know oh, what I mean? Because I would always, I would always write for comedy shows, and you know, it's hard to separate that part of your head that's like, you know, if we were in a green room right now, what I would say to you, you know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> we're not. This is your show, so I have to just be like, okay, you know, because um, people get e- uh, egos. <laughs> Believe it or not, and um, in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> but the other reason was too. I felt like I I didn't start TV right until I was thirty five. So and then I did it until I was like thirty eight or thirty nine, and I was like, I'm gonna get out of this because I'm right around the corner from them being like, from what you're saying about yeah. like the, them being like, no, you you can't at this. And, and I was like, I I don't. I'm just gonna start creating stuff and and taking it out myself and. That's a whole other dice roll, obviously, oh, yeah. but but it's it's so up and down, and I was not smart with my money. <laughs> I bought I bought arcade machines. And oh man! I bought God. all kinds of stuff. Oh God bless you! <laughs> I got a 1983 Star Wars in mint condition in my apartment right now. Oh, and uh, I'm not the I'm, video game, like yeah, the, 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 the the wire the, frame the cabinet. One? Yeah, the cabinet. Nice. Oh wow. Holy shit. I'll never nice. get rid of it. Man. I'll live in it before. <laughs> what other games? What other arcade games? I have a Galaga machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love wow. Galaga. From 83. Uh, oh, I used to play that all the time. And then I incessantly collect old for old systems and stuff. Okay. So that's not too expensive, that oh, part yeah, of it. But yeah. I had to. I literally had to tell myself, like, you can't buy any more arcade machines. Stop. You know? Because, yeah, yeah. like, I just, <laughs> you know, I just didn't. I was like, this isn't that this ain't gonna stop. <laughs> I have a really awesome pinball machine. That's, That's true. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. Kelly you has do. an X Files pinball that machine. I, oh. That I sold. No, you. I have Vince Gilligan's X Files pinball machine. That's wow. right. Wow. You know, you know what I what bothers me greatly though is I had I had uh, I boy I did this absolutely the wrong way. I had uh, back when I bought it. They they bought they sold it to me at cost, uh, Bally or whoever the company was that, that produced it, uh, and I got uh, I got uh, uh, David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson and Chris Carter and uh, and uh, just you didn't have Mitch no Pelleggi. you didn't have Duchovny I don't think on there no I had to, I think Duchovny signed it too I don't think you had Duchovny all right well it doesn't it's all it's moot it's academic at this point because I had them all sign the playing field and then you start playing it and so I thought Sharpie was indelible. But did the damn ball rolling around on the playing field erase literally every whiff of autograph? Isn't that true? Actually, 
No, that actually, you have to wax the playing field, actually. Oh, is that what it was? the ball makes it dirty. Oh. And the wax took it off. Oh, crap. But <laughs> I've tried to, I've started, you know, I have the, um, what they call the translate. Yeah. And that's what goes behind, you know, on the on the top of it where the light shines through. Yeah, I should have and, signed that. Yeah, and I've yeah. I've been working on getting those signatures back. Oh, you good know, for you. Little, yeah. So. The uh, that's awesome. You have a full pinball machine. That's got to be murder to to move if you move. It if, yeah. If you move. It's, uh, it is. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I I could tell you so this, these movers we hired movers. And I was there putting it into our new house. Our new house is 20, 20 some years old now. And I walk into the room and I see one guy on his hands and knees holding up the entire pinball machine on his back Jesus. while two other guys are screwing the legs onto this thing. Wow. And I'm thinking, note to self, tip, tip this guy at <laughs> yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that was funny. That's, we should. We, we should. Well, speaking we, should of, we should talk about this episode. Yeah, speaking no, of, oh, it is, why start now? Dan Sackheim. I just have to say, Dan Sackheim just directed the hell out of it. We are he so did. lucky yeah. to get Dan. Dan, who is, uh, by the way, also right now directing. I, I, I don't think it's a secret. It's not he's a directing. Secret. He's directing uh, the third season of True Detective. Oh, oh is he? Oh, I don't I know. If know he, is he doing it single handedly? Uh, he Pretty much. took no crew. over after uh, Jeremy Saulnier, who did uh, Green Room and uh, Blue Ruin. Oh, so great. he did like the first two episodes, and then Dan came in, I think, and oh, is wow. doing the rest of it. I didn't oh, know wow. that. That's yeah. awesome. Dan and, is, Dan and is he's a got a, And he's got an Emmy nomination, as we speak, for... Uh, for Ozark, yeah. Ozark, yeah, 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 yeah. right on. Oh, nice. Ozark yeah. should have gotten more nominations, man. Ozark is like Breaking Bad, like, with no patience. <laughs> Meaning, I, I really, really dug it, but boy, they just wanted to keep. They killed everybody off. I was like, how are they going to have a second season? But it starts at the end of this month. I'm very excited. Yeah. I thought they did a great job. Nice. <laughs> and uh, Dan also has Jack Ryan coming out this this month. So. Oh yeah. How has he had the time? Yeah, He's, well, I mean, that he shot like last Jeez. year. Oh, okay. Pretty. I think he left after 305, which he also directed, and then. Went on to Jack Ryan. From television that. shows. Well, television shows take a really long time on, to uh, make. On True Detective. Huh? I didn't know that's that. That's interesting. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's yeah. very cool that he's doing I, True Detective. I mean, not all of it's cool, but the True Detective one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's well, very, he's right incredibly talented. I, well, they're they're very lucky to get him. He is yeah. he is he's so, and he talented. is a he's a very interesting guy to work with because mm -hmm. he's he's extremely thoughtful. He's uh, never quite satisfied, and you know it, it, we do. Uh, a tone meeting with the directors, uh, which is usually several hours mm -hmm. of just basically going through the script and talking about how we see it, what we're hoping to get out of each scene. Right. Um, sometimes the director pitching ideas. And Dan <laughs> Dan is really fun to talk to because he questions everything in the script. He, he asks, well, why is this character? He, 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 he's on a quest to understand the whole thing as fully as he can. And when I first worked with him, it worried me a little bit. But then I realized it's 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 his process. He's he's getting his head around it. And boy, when when he gets his head around it, he just does a wonderful job. I also want to just I'm I'm jumping in, Chris, because I want to make no, sure please. we don't no, we I don't know. miss we don't miss the fact that this episode has David Costable. Yes, yes. Gail Kelly Kelly texted me. She watched the episode last night. I'm assuming. Is yeah. that, that's when you texted me, just yeah. Gail with like 35 exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what I think the episode should just be titled It's Gale. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Joe, do you get the entire script or do you get just no. the scenes you're in? So you don't know any of the stuff that happens well, in the Well, you episode. won't know who's Gale anyway. <laughs> that's true. It's, well, but oh, that's, yeah, not only because you haven't seen Breaking Bad, but also because uh, he has a different name in the script. Oh, really? Yeah. Secret yeah. name. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, what is it? I hate that. I wouldn't so. say what it is. Well, I was very excited when I. I was so excited when I saw him. I missed him. Well, no, I, mean, I just. Yeah, how I get great my, is he? I get my scene. That's it. But again, I like that because I'm like, this is what this guy would know. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a like, really good point. They're that. coming through the door, and they're like, you know, so like the first time I worked with Bob, my ca- we can curse on here, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. my. You know, we insist. The first time, the first scene, it was like the guy's like, "Who, who the fuck are you?" You know what I mean? Like it, that was the whole attitude of it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, that's this is this is who he is." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I also want to say, just as a, a personal thing for me, uh, we had the the element song yeah. in this scene in this scene with da- that David David does the whole element song. We actually have it as an extra. He does the entire song. Uh, straight through. This is a song that I, I'm very familiar with Tom Lara, but I was not familiar with this particular Tom Lara until Vince, you pitched it uh, for Breaking Bad. And we had talked, as far as my memory is, okay. that you had pitched this uh, Walt singing this element song. Oh, I definitely did. But, all but the way you, back in episode yeah. episode like 102 when they're cleaning up Emilio. Right, right. Uh, that right. was one of the ideas is they were going to clean up Emilio and then Walt was going to start singing the element song. Right, right, right. It didn't end up happening. But you it, knew the element song, I, being a Tom Lehrer fan. I, you know, I, I don't think, I think oh. that when I was a kid, my grandmother used to play me uh, a couple of Tom Lehrer albums, and and that was not that was not on the albums that we had. Oh, okay, and we had we had a uh, National Brotherhood Week. That's we a had uh, Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. We had uh, a lot of a lot of the other songs. And the other thrill I have to say is that Tom Lehrer, uh, I'm so glad to say this, is still alive. God bless him. He is alive and well and kicking and using email. Uh, he's in his 90s and he's wow. aware he's aware of our show and he was very happy. He licensed the song to us himself, uh, and he said in his email to uh, to Thomas Golbevich, our uh, our um, our music music supervisor, he he uh, he mentioned that it was uh, I think 50 years, was it 50 or either 50 or 60 years since he wrote the song. Wow! Uh, so it's, it's He's do yourselves a favor if you don't know who we're talking about. Google Tom L E H R E R Tom Lehrer. He's he's a guy's a genius and. I, I wish he had written more songs. I, 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 I uh, greedily wish he had written more songs. He was a mathematics professor. He's a Harvard, Harvard, Harvard mathematics professor. And a, and a brilliant, brilliant guy and just a wonderful... Uh, that was hearing that he had seen Breaking Bad. He liked that was that made my year just hearing that. It was it was his songs were the, my uh, entry point into political satire, which was my entry point into whatever little understanding of the world I've gotten. I, I think it would take me fifty or sixty years to memorize the words to that song. I don't know, understand how David did that. He did since you haven't seen it. He he sings this whole song and it is a it's a complicated wordy song about the elements. It's the periodic. It's the, periodic the entire table. periodic yeah, table the set yeah. to the the uh, melody of uh, what the, I am the very model yeah, of a modern, modern major, major general. general. The uh, yeah. the the uh, Gil, was it Gilbert and Sullivan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. I I had it memorized for a while in high school because I had it on a cassette wow. tape and I would 
I mean, no one wanted to hear me sing it because I can't <laughs> sing worth a damn. But uh, but I would I would hum it or sing it in my own head. Yeah. But I mean, he I wrote the that. thing. I don't know how he. You know, he uh, the guy's brilliant. It's just awesome. Was he like sort of like the original Weird Al or like that kind of thing? He was. Uh, he sort was. Of, yeah. He he was. Uh, well. Yeah, I, I guess he was uh, the Harvard version of Weird Al, and, and I love Weird Al too, by the way. But he definitely predated Weird, Weird Al, and it, yeah, uh, and it's, like Spike Jones. It's very uh, yeah, more the, like a, a post Spike Jones. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. Nichols and May oh, okay. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so it's very, very political, very current. Gotcha. Uh, about you know, whip smart songs about yeah. nuclear pro- proliferation things yeah. like that. Werner von Braun, he'd sing a song about Werner von Braun, or he, oh, no, he's great. He's just and and how great I'm jumping around here because when I, the, how great is the teaser in this oh. episode? Oh my god, that, I love it's this teaser. teaser. Phenomenal. Gordon, how yeah. can, can you tell us about the teaser? Yeah. yeah, it is, yes. isn't it? And how yeah. many bullets went into that car? They 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 shoot it up. They shoot it up good. And then they set it on fire. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Here's a question. Because the guys are shooting blanks, and the bullets uh, are separate uh, squib hits in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well done. They look very realistic. To, mm-hmm. Not that I know anything about this, but they they. How did they get the timing on the guy pulling the trigger and the and the squib going off? That's that's the kind of thing you think. Oh yeah, it's obvious. That's, that's very hard to do. We had uh, our special effects crew sitting there and like watching them, and there's they they had the rig all set up off to the side, and I think it was. I can't remember if it was Werner or Bob mm-hmm. working the, you know, there's the, the like the board, the nail has, board, yeah, the nail board where yeah. they fi- where they finish the connection of the the circuit and that blows it. Um, and we also have in there, not, not only that, you had a, a another uh, SFX crew member, I can't remember who, holding a spark gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were shooting at the car. So those spark hits that okay. that happen, uh, they're they're like firing them like from a paintball gun essentially wow. uh, to try and get them to hit also as the charges are going off or at the right time so wow. you get a little bit of that like blowback action and then i mean talking about special effects also so i mean picking up uh at the aftermath of that when they they bring i know we're skipping around and we're there's no way we're going to get to everything in the episode but when they when they bring caldera out there and the cousins first that's the first time the cousins have met caldera yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's an interesting uh, connection and I love yeah. how close uh, uh, Jimmy McGill comes to rubbing shoulders with uh, all the yes. that's a that's a great shot that is fantastic yeah, yeah. and then so when they're when when uh, Caldera is is you know fixing up Nacho mm-hmm. and operating on him mm-hmm. how that stuff is so impressionistic is that in camera are those lenses or is that a post effect or how is that uh, stuff I think done? it's some of both I think we, we did a lot in camera we had uh, I can't remember. It's like a, a rotating uh, diopter kind of that we that especially for like the lights shot going mm-hmm. overhead. Uh, that our B camera operator Matt was rolling a dolly and kind of working the lens back and forth so that it would do that kind of weird coruscating yeah. effect. Um, cool. And yeah, so I think a lot of that was done in camera. And then I think a couple of things, obviously, figuring out how to put that together was was a work between. You know Dan and Skip Skip McDonald who edited this episode Skip and trying to figure job. out how to keep it. The intent was always to try and keep it as as much in Nacho's head, right? Kind of up until the point that that you know to, to, to the mm-hmm. vet sort of talks to him and is like, okay, here's what happened. Yeah. Everything before that is sort of from the point of view of somebody who's been shot twice and left in the sun for hours or and and is 
you know, not doing great. And yeah. <laughs> um, so we wanted to kind of have that dreamlike feeling as much as we could. And, and this I thought is the, the makeup on Nacho was really great too. Yeah, oh yeah, and Sherry really makeup, great. It, it, it was did really an incredible. She did a great job on this yeah. whole episode, which had a lot of uh, complicated, you know, a rigs basically some prosthetics that she had to build that looked really gross. So that's that's <laughs> kind of what you want, you know. That's an yeah. interesting job when you think about it, especially when you're that good at both ends of it, making people look really good and making people <laughs> yeah, yeah. look really bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And she had to make, you know, she had to make nachos. She had to make her, our Michael Mando look like he'd been sitting in the sun at various points yeah. and made him like the chapped lips and all of that. That's yeah. all a look that she had to rough. do. And he looks yeah. rough. Yeah. She has yeah. such a relish, relish for it. You know, yeah. a relish for getting the wounds to look exactly right. And and that leads me to a question for you, Joe, because you're you're okay. hands on with those. I mean, we see you sewing a wound closed. We see you doing all this medical. So tell us about your medical background. <laughs> <laughs> the super close, like the 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 real tight shots of the hands are the the doctor guy, but the the wider ones. Oh, you mean a stand-in? You had a stand-in. There was the... yeah. They oh. they had a doctor on set. Oh. The uh, who was they like who actually knew how to do the... The sutures. Yeah, yeah. The sutures. Yeah. So they taught the sutures to me. Okay. Um, you know, but, they, but the, you know, the, you don't have a ton of time, so they usually can't teach them to me until we're kind of like there. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to start in about 40 minutes. Here's how you would sew up a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bullet hole. So... Um, Here's a PA to work on. Yeah, yeah. So they gave it... So they, they taught it to me, like, well enough that I was able to, to make it look... Make it match for the wide shots. But the close-up of the actual hands are a doctor. Oh. And the reason... <clears throat> the reason for that was they asked me to... They said, do you want to do this? They were like, he's here to do this if you don't want to. And it's a real needle. And I was like, just just let the guy that yeah. knows how to definitely do this do this. I don't yeah. want to stab, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike by accident. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, or so, yeah. like, that was smart. Because you're actually... You're sewing a prosthetic that is attached to Michael Mando. Yeah. And Michael <laughs> gets, like, real into it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we were doing certain shots where he was, like... You know, it was like he was on his side and it was supposed to be that I was, like shooting water through the bullet hole to right. clean it out or whatever and you know the 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 medical um uh, consultant was like this you know this is would hurt tremendously yeah. and he'd be like i just just i want you to poke me in the back so i know <laughs> when to scream you know and i would just do keep doing it harder and harder and he'd be like i want hard just do it harder <laughs> so like you know wow he really wow. was like into it so when it came to the actual needles i was like i don't want to accidentally because they said if he if he did get stabbed by accident they had to i never knew this they they by law, they have to shut the set down and then take him to the hospital. Really? Oh. Yeah. And the doctor was like, "Well, I, I could, you know, I know tetanus. I could do all that." And they were, and the 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 they were like, "Yeah, that doesn't matter. The law, the yeah. union yeah. law, is we have to take him to the hospital." So once I knew that, I was like, "Why don't you?" Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Wow. I think that was that was prudent. That was smart. Man. Yeah, but um, but we spent a lot of time over that table together, and that makeup looked down to the chap lips looked as realistic yeah. that close as it did on camera which yeah. is pretty impressive because yeah. i always thought i'd never seen makeup like that before when shooting you know i never shot anything like that so i always assumed when you got up close to it it would probably look 
you know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that looks fake. But, like, had you yeah. brought Mike in and been like, somebody just shot him for real, yeah. I would have believed you. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's, that may, you have to be a real artist like Sherry is nowadays yeah. because of – we don't even shoot 4K anymore. We shoot – Seven and a half K. Seven and a half K. Yeah. Which I don't even know wow. what that means, except it's, that damn. I know it, it it's makes a lot of K's. Dan, it's a lot of K's, and it makes uh, Diane Mercer want to pull her hair out, and it makes a lot of people want to pull their hair out because it sees way more than the human eye does, and mm-hmm. you got to be nuts on with your makeup, otherwise it's going to look like makeup. You, they're yeah. back in the day, well, and you know, and back in the day too, you'd have a shot of a newspaper, a guy reading a newspaper, and you could have you know, a bunch of, you know, nonsense Latin words in your newspaper because there was not enough resolution to, to be able to read the newspaper. Now you got all your props. Your prop master has to come up uh, with with everything's got to be able to read because you will be able to zoom in yep. on it and read it. It's, it's maddening, I'm sure. I got to tell you, I'm not going to give anything away, but, you know, w- we worked a lot, you know, with with that kind of thing and and you were very 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 and rightfully so Vince on Breaking Bad you were very very much a stickler on you know the things have to be things have to be spelled right and you know we have to read them and stuff like that but I will tell you that away from Breaking Bad it is still like that on certain on shows and you know other things Um, they just they don't. They're like, oh, people won't ever read that, or they right. won't know, or it doesn't matter. But it matters. It. I it think totally it matters. Attention to detail is so important. It totally matters. I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, I whenever I have a close up of anything, I'm reading it, and I'm like, does it make sense? Yep. Is are things spelled right? Is this nonsense? You know. But you'd be surprised at you know how many things just kind of go you know, through because they're like, oh, you know, nobody will know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I, and I, I, and I, I know you're speaking the truth there. And I, I would just offer the thought to anyone who hasn't done this job yet, but will be doing it in a few years, sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you give up that agency is not the right word. If you give up that, if you give up that commitment to those little details as a, as a showrunner, as a writer, as a director, as a producer, you're essentially implicitly telling the audience that they shouldn't, you didn't, you don't really care that much and they shouldn't either. And that rubs off on the audience really quickly. I I really think if you do sweat the small stuff, the audience starts to as well. And they, you know, we got a wonderful, the folks listening to this thing, we got an amazing group of fans who, who, who watch this show sometimes frame by frame. And so we, we feel uh, the, we feel that we, we realize that and we feel the, uh, this, this pull to this, uh, this, 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 uh, what's the word? We fear, 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 fear. 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 We, uh, we, we, we feel that we, uh, there's a word starts with a D I can't think of, oh fuck. I can't think of words. I've lost my Dallas, Dallas. (laughs) It's Dallas. We feel a we have to get it right. Yeah, we we feel like we owe it to folks. We got to get it right. Uh, I can't think. I'll think of the word. I'll scream out the word just as we're uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, finishing the podcast. The problem with letting things slide is that you never know what's the important thing that you're letting slide. You, you just you just and there's I, we spend a lot of time. I can't. There's there's a piece of art direction mm-hmm. that is an ep, that is an episode ten that you don't really see. We didn't. We didn't know that we weren't going to see it, but that we we did this something I'll talk about if we ever get to do a podcast for ten. And it is a beautiful. 
It is a beautiful piece of work that the art department did, and we spent hours, probably in aggregate, maybe a couple of days mm -hmm. easily uh, here. And, and in the final cut of the, you get a glimpse of it in the background briefly. But on the other hand, there's, oh, some, right, there's, right, yeah. there's something yeah. else. In, in episode one this season, there were those little cards at Chuck's funeral. And, and as, as I wrote the scene and as I, as I conceived the scene, you wouldn't really ever see these little cards that had Chuck's picture on them and a, and a prayer, mm -hmm. which is, is just a common thing that's done at Catholic funerals. And yet we knew that they would be there. And so that we designed them. We spent a lot of time designing them. And in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, you know, I, I just don't, how are you ever going to see this thing? Right. But it doesn't matter. I know it's something we need for that world, mm -hmm. and we need to spend the time on it. And yeah. Minky Spiro, the director, did a shot that is great of Jimmy fumbling with yeah. this thing in his hands. And if, if we hadn't made those cards and we hadn't thought about them and spent the time on them, then it wouldn't have been there for her to do. She wouldn't have, she probably wouldn't have thought of the shot because we wouldn't he wouldn't you're right he, bob wouldn't have been holding this you're thing right. so it's just there's no there's you just have to you have to really take the time and know that some of sometimes you're going to be spending time on details that won't end up in the cut or won't be in in the mm -hmm. show because you know it's the old the old saw about the iceberg you know it's always it's all the work you don't see that makes the work mm -hmm. that you do see hopefully you hopefully know i'll shine. take it i'll take it a step further the way you guys cut that scene in episode one uh, uh, 401 is the only time you see Chuck's face yeah. is in that little close-up of the prayer card in Jimmy's hands because the bigger uh, photo of Chuck that's at the front of the uh, at the you know at the at the front of the church is the only shot you see of it is is out, it's out of focus and you're you are in focus on the back of Jimmy's head so that's the only time you see Chuck's face it's it's really brilliant the way you guys did it and the way Mickey uh, shot it and the way you guys edited it. It's a, it's a, to to speak to what you're all saying. It's the, one of the only sets I've ever been on where um, where there's so much focus on matching body position and everything like that. I've been on I've been on sets where the like somebody will say uh, that person wasn't behind you in the last shot, and they the the person will be like, I don't care. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. they'll, they'll go. Nobody cares about that stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, stuff still on TV? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it would, yes. It, 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 I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> Most of what's on TV yeah. is probably done like that, right? You know, unfortunately, but I mean, the, you know, it helps like, because from the acting standpoint, every time I work on something, I'm, I have to sit there in my head and be like, you held the cup with this hand and then you yeah. put the thing over here with that hand, you know. And it's awesome to be on a set where the, the production, the team and the crew, yeah. everybody cares. And people are coming up and saying, you had that over here, actually. Yeah. And um, that's extremely helpful. And to me, it's like, you know, the attention to detail stuff. And it's what separates Star Wars from, you know, Battlestar Galactica or whatever Star Wars knockoffs came out in 1978 or <laughs> 1980 or whatever. Although it's, the reboot was pretty damn good. No, the reboot was great, yeah. Uh, and I like the original, too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the original looks like a goofy sci-fi TV show. And, and you go back and you watch that first Star Wars, and it's like down to the cups and every single thing in, in that original movie. is it's And I'm like, that's why you believe it's real. That's yeah. why. That's what makes yeah. you, mm -hmm. you know. No, that's true. So, that's and true. I'm a big Star Trek fan, too. But yeah. Star Trek's got some... <laughs> 
Well, you'll see a few strings being pulled. That's true, but to be fair, that's the difference between a, 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 a 60s TV schedule and budget and a 70s movie budget. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. I meant but, the movies, though. Oh, meant, oh the movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's, sorry they'll have you. some moments where gotcha. you're like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. A guy, I know there's a guy on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, I know we're going to run out of time, and, and we're, we're, they're telling us to wrap it up. Uh, and I, I just I, I feel bad because we barely talked about it the scenes in the episode and I, I that scene the scene at Neff, the caper at Neff. The caper. caper. <laughs> yeah. And at Robin started we cut it out of the last week's podcast talking about having to make that set work for two different episodes. But it, oh, I mean, is it, that what she was talking yeah, about? Yeah, but okay. it it really had to work for this episode. It really and, did, yeah. And at what at what point did you guys come up with the idea to bring Ira back into the show? Uh, pretty early when we were sort of talking about what Jimmy's reaction to, you know, we, we were trying to figure out what Jimmy's reaction to this massive thing that happened to him, you know, this, this news that Chuck probably committed suicide and that he may have been the one that, that, uh, caused that. Um, and what's that going to do to him when we started thinking, well, is he going to, is he going to just go back to everything's normal or is he going to yeah. go get a job or how is he going to, how is that going to work? Um, we started thinking, no, he's going to go, he's going to act out a little bit. It felt right for him to act out a little bit. Um, and he acts out against Neff in the scene in in episode two. And then he's, it's still, still not quite sitting right with him. Actually, when, when sort of everything's good with Kim, you know, one of the things we, we talk about is like, he, he, he's having trouble accepting that thinking of himself as this person who essentially caused his brother's death and that Kim could love him. That doesn't seem right. She shouldn't love him. He's awful. He's a terrible person. I'm a terrible, she doesn't know he's a terrible person, but he thinks he's thinking of himself as a terrible person. We've all been there. Yeah. And so that's the thing that actually kind of spurs him to, to act out in this way. Uh, and then once we, we got to that point and we're starting to think, Oh, well, so he's going to go back after these, these Hummels. Um, we we felt like you know we we know that from from Breaking Bad that this character Ira that that uh, Saul says that he's been pulling his fat out of the fire or something like that. Yeah. For Ira to, 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 for the folks who who didn't pick up on it, it's like who ran Vomino's past. Right, yeah. right. The, that he's been getting his his uh, his saving his bacon legally speaking for several years, and then he met him doing break-ins, and so we're like. Well, we're, we want to do a break-in, and we want him to do. We, we want, you know, we considered whether he would just do it himself, but we're like that doesn't feel. Yeah. That neither feels like Jimmy nor Saul. Right. So, it's almost like he wanted like an opportunity. He wanted to be at the center of a conspiracy. You know, mm-hmm. going and doing. He's not really just striking back at Neff. He wants to feel his badness, and he wants to. He wants to be with the people who he feels he should be with. You know, mm-hmm. which are the criminal. The criminal folks and 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 it's uh, Ira seemed like a natural person to to include and Frank Ross uh, who had and this I I don't know if folks remember Ira too well from from Breaking Bad they should because Frank made a big impression of course that was the episode where Walt and Jesse started to cook inside tented houses and and Ira was a you know second story man who also used uh, used the cover of this uh, pest company in order to get mm-hmm. places uh, places to rob. Uh, it, it, it was uh, it was it was fun. To, it was so much fun to have him back, and and he has a, a great presence and, and a great voice too. Yeah, yeah he's primarily a, a theater actor. He does a lot of Shakespeare and stuff like does that. Does he? Yeah, he does. I've so. never actually met him. I hate to say. Yeah, it. he's a very yeah. super sweet guy. Um, he's actually very good friends with um, Marshall. 
RTP. Marshall Adams. Oh, yeah, that's Marshall right. Oh. Yeah, they go back. Oh, do they? Yeah. And they go back to Babylon 5. Oh, wow. And uh, Frank was on the crew of Babylon oh, 5, and so was Marshall. On the crew, and, not on the cast. But on the uh, crew. He was not on the cast. He was oh. uh, So he moved into acting after Babylon. Oh. That's that's the way I remember it anyway. And if, if I'm wrong, Mike, Mike, Mike Behrman Trout, will you tell me if I'm wrong? Okay. All right. That's what he's here for. <laughs> Good to Thanks. know. So glad Good to know, Mike. Um, <laughs> just but right before before we draw to a close, the, uh, we can't not at least mention that last. Scene. I was just gonna say, when if you Jimmy weren't gonna reads, say it, I was. No, no, no. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. When Jimmy, when Kim begrudgingly gives Jimmy the letter from yeah. that his brother, his dead brother, left him, mm-hmm. and he reads it out loud. You want to talk about that? Sure, sure. You I, wrote I, it. I did. We, I, I wrote the scene and the letter. Yeah, um, both. Ooh. But. Uh, I think that they they both just killed it, and it's such a it's we we kind of thought oh well maybe this is a moment where we we mostly are in we're mostly on on Jimmy and then and then we suddenly see Kim and we realize that she's crying but we of course shot the mm-hmm. coverage and we shot this 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 uh, two shot uh, sort of the master of the scene and kind of shot it just for coverage we kind of yeah not really going to use it we weren't really going to use it but but we also knew that we but they were Mm -hmm. they were both so good they were both just so good and it was and you you kind of wanted to actually have the flexibility to to look from one to the other and see what's happening see how the what 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 jimmy's saying he's landing with kim and then see how he's not looking at her at all and he's he's so in his own world so there was something about having the two of them together in this moment and that that actually helped us to foreground how separate their reactions to yeah. this very sweet. It's probably it's the nicest things. It's the nicest that Chuck's ever been to Jimmy, and he's dead, and he yeah. can't really say it to his face. And yeah. and Jimmy is dead to it. Uh, Just eating and yeah. not eating, eating no emotional response to it at all. Yeah. And and Kim reacting not only to the words but also to the absolute lack of emotion coming yeah. out of her boyfriend. <laughs> right. And, it, it, it's such a bold, ballsy choice yeah. to yeah. hang in that shot yeah. for what feels like yeah. not. It does not, in a bad way, feels like a long time. Yeah. It yeah. it just feels like oh my god, we're just yeah. it, there's so much of a journey. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's, I, a, it's yeah. a funny thing. Sometimes it really doesn't feel right to cut. And also, when you kind of hold off on cutting, it's like the edit means more. The yeah. cut means more because it's it, there hasn't been one for it's it's magical. I, I love the way Skip cut that scene. I beautifully edited, beautifully acted. I I told Ray Seahorn this the last time I saw her down at Comic Con. I said that I said there's a moment in episode three at the end there that's that scene that plays in a two shot. I'm telling her all this because she hadn't seen it yet. She still hasn't as we record this. I said I think it's the finest moment of acting between two people. I, I've, I've just maybe maybe that I've ever seen. And I'm I'm including I mean I'm including I, well, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> the original, not the reboot. It is so it's such a wonderful moment. It is so it's just it's, nice. it's it's magical. I mean the her reaction, but I mean Bob is just as good. I mean mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's it's you you can't take your eyes off her because she you know what she's going through. It's it's the horror of I love someone who is damaged Mm -hmm. he is emotionally stunted there is something wrong with him and just a few days or weeks ago he was he had his issues we all do but he was more or less okay and now he's not the same person he used to be Mm -hmm. something has been irrevocably 
broken mm -hmm. inside of him emotionally. And you see the reaction is it's just it's stellar. It's yeah. some of the best it's maybe about some of the best acting I've ever seen. And then and but but it, Bob is just as good because yeah. he plays it so you, it's be so easy to show a little tinge of cynicism on his part. Yeah. And that would have killed it because then he would have said, "Okay, there's plenty of emotion here. He hates his brother." And so he's going to act all too cool for school. He got he walks that tightrope so perfectly in that moment because there's no cynicism, there's not a whiff of bitterness. He truly doesn't care. He's truly anesthetized. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, and for for when they come back together, you have this moment of like Kim kind of realizes what's happening and she doesn't want to make her emotional reaction reflect back onto him again and make him feel bad and make it mm -hmm. like the, the it's it's an interesting moment of just like oh hey and and again with Bob's Bob's reaction to her like it's okay it's it's a nice letter but he doesn't he doesn't push too he, neither of them put too much on it. it it's it's a it's a scene where it's people having heightened emotions like actually the characters are going through quite a bit in the in the moment but neither one of the actors do put any more on it than they needed to which yeah. was great it, it's a beautiful scene it's, it's, it's such an interesting episode because it begins with such a bang yeah. such an action sequence uh but for me the the scene that that the scene that we're talking about now is maybe the one that stays with me the most yeah, because uh it's so emotion it's so workaday it's 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 two people sitting while someone reads a letter um and it's it's uh, but there's so much going on between these characters, and 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 uh, Jimmy doesn't seem to understand himself. Of course, to be fair to Jimmy, he doesn't know what's in the letter. <laughs> so for all he knows, you know, it's P.S. You know, P.S. And there's some kind of stinger in there, the, right. the kind that that Kim is expecting. Right. Yeah, which uh, is but he's afraid got, of in, in yeah, episode and, two. And it's it's uh, but he's it just Bob plays and I'm. I'm just repeating what you said, but also, how much cereal did he have to eat? Oh yeah, <laughs> en well, enough. Oceans of subjects. I, yeah. I, I think that you're talking. We're talking attention to detail. Yeah. What a perfect food for him to be eating. Yeah. In, in a scene where it's it's basically showing you a, a, a thing that's probably been in him since he was a child. You you think a cereal? Ah, yeah. yeah. Cereal's a very kid, you know, yeah. typical food and. Just to have a guy like kind of slurping cereal with the milk and everything, yeah. and then you're seeing this sort of damaged kid side of him, where it's like he doesn't know how to emote properly or, or whatever That's it is. That's an interesting take. You know, Joe, I like that man. That's true. Well, I didn't. I, yeah, yeah. You, no, no, he I wrote it. it. Yeah. No, but I mean, I did, did you did you think of that? I think we had some brief little bit of discussion about what he should be doing, but I don't think we really discussed it in terms to of that how level, that, to, to that, that level. level. But I think it was no, scripted, but, like, but it, it was always scripted. Yeah. But I mean, and could you have given voice to what he just said? No, yeah, I don't yeah. think so. That's but I think, yeah. I think all of that is when, when you're the type of people that work the way that all of you work, you did that even though you don't know that you did it. You know what I mean? Like, there is Hopefully. a moment when you're sitting down at the screen and, and, and you go, it's breakfast. What's he eating? You you could have been eggs, but something in your head went cereal seems right. You know what I mean? Right. And then you put it in, and then you're like, oh, that's oh wait, no, all right. You know, like so. 
you know, you 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 did it. You did it. Well, well we, we did. I think that was also good job, Jordan. Really. The crunch keep, and the slurps and everything. It's, I it's keep really... voting for them to have a chocolate fountain on the. Yeah, you know, I like I it. The sizzler. Fondue. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah fondue. But you, you keep saying no, Peter. Yeah, yeah, that they just dip their hands in and yeah. just. Ah. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, <laughs> well, my, well, my daughter was in, uh, in 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 kindergarten. One of the parents brought a chocolate fountain for uh, Valentine's Day. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Looks, like, yeah. A, yes. looks yeah. like a petri dish. Yes, like it is. You don't want that. Yeah. Well, I think that chocolate fountain uh, indicates that we're supposed to wrap it up. Um, so thank you guys for coming out here, Gordon and Joe. Thank you. Can, uh, I, can I? I'm sorry. You're oh, trying no, no. to wrap it up. Can I'm I sorry? say something about banks before we get out of here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that you should. I I because I, I, I've really been wanting to say this publicly to to the fans and to everybody that watches and supports the show. And that guy, I would not. I I mean this. I don't think I'd still be doing the show if it wasn't for Banks yeah. because Banks was the guy. I don't mean like I would have quit. Yeah. I just mean like yeah. when I came into this thing, it was the biggest thing I'd ever been a part of. I was scared shitless the first week, we, the first the time I shot. I was wow. terrified. Really? And Banks, from the beginning, took me under his wing, immediately started pulling me in his trailer with him, consensually. <laughs> 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 But being like, let's go run lines, oh, and wow. and the second the second episode I shot of the show, Banks and I were running lines in his trailer, and he stopped and he goes, he goes, listen to me, if you don't think you got it today, if you think you need to do another one, speak up, don't be scared, all right, you're good, you you do do your thing, man, and like, he just made me feel like I was supposed to be there, wow. and so did the directors and everybody, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't I hadn't met either sure. of you oh, yet, right, and yeah. you know. Um, and the, you know, people, that's the one question I always get. What's it like to work with Jonathan Banks? I go, every scene is, is acting school. I go, you look in that guy's eyes and there's, there's 50 years of experience or, or whatever it is. I think it is about exactly 50. He's been doing it. Yeah. So I, I just can't, I can't express it enough because who knows, had he not done that, maybe I would have been like tripping and, and flubbing and nervous. And wow. you might've been like, Oh, this, this no kid. more of that character. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So That's, I know and, what you're and, talking about. Yeah. And Bob was the same way. You know, yeah. when I finally worked with Bob, I told him the story when I went to see Mr. Show and I met him after the show and he like let me and my friend in out of the cold to hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then cool. I was like, and I was like, and now I'm here sit, doing a scene with you. You know, did he remember that? He didn't remember it, but he was like, man, right on. He gave me a high five. Oh, it was awesome. really sweet. That's, That's awesome. But that's, and Vince, you too, you know, it was like when, when we were, uh, you know, the first time I worked with you when you were directing and you were like, you know, I left being like, I feel like I just did a friend's like student film. You were like so uh, night. You were just like, thanks for being here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, thank you. <laughs> that was a that was a fun night. That was the first time I, I got to, to direct you. That was yeah. uh, at the uh, the old locomotive works in oh, Albuquerque right. where you have the meeting, the late night meeting. Yeah. With, uh, with Mike. And I had to yeah, drive yeah. the car in. And uh, they kept they kept adding things for me to do, so I kept making my mark bigger because oh. I was scared I'd miss it. And I had a pile of rocks on the ground. And Banks goes, "What do you need a fucking traffic cone?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drive in from so far away. I was like, I'm going to forget where it is. <laughs> but you got, it's, it's you, awesome. the, 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 the nurturing element on this 
show and on the set and it's everybody it, it is it's all of you you know it's all of you it's it's i'm not excluding anybody when i say talk about a place that makes people feel welcome wow. and comfortable and that they are supposed to be a part of it um because as you all know it's not always like that you know sometimes it's the you're lucky to be here attitude uh, and it, and then that doesn't make you work better no you know no. so it's i can't thank you all enough for that you know oh, it's just, what a sweet story yeah, that is and i gotta say it's a why wouldn't you do it that way just because you're not curing cancer you're making a tv show why shouldn't you have fun and be nice to people and by the way from a completely selfish standpoint why wouldn't you want to make people comfortable? They're, it's going to make your show better. Yep. Why yeah. wouldn't you? People it's, work it harder fun. when they want to work harder for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's, it's, it's good yeah. human sense and it's good business sense. It's crazy to not do it that way. Um, a, that was a nice story, though. I like, yeah, I like, I like the traffic home thing. That, that was makes, good. makes me feel good. <laughs> well, makes me feel that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, well, you, look, you guys, if this, is, this has been an incredible experience so far, and, and uh, you know, well, it's we'll, just we'll fix We'll fix that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, it, from a personal standpoint, if you, if you like comedy and you like to laugh, and if you like anything Joe has said, you know, if he's made you laugh, uh, his latest album, You Let Me Down, or his latest special, is that you directed also is nice. fanta- absolutely fantastic. Nice. And, uh, Thanks, and, and I also highly recommend You Will Die. Is that still available as a double album? Yeah, they're... they're- they're, I love it. Yeah, they're all available on you know iTunes and all that. And you know everybody streams now, so yeah, Apple sure. Music, whatever it is sure. you use. But uh, yeah, they're all out there, available in album form. And the special, you can't stream, but you can download it. It's I think it's like ten bucks or something. But uh, but thanks, man. That's, I, that means I, a lot. That special was pretty close to my heart. Like it, I, I put a lot of work into that. So thank I, you. I I remember when you were doing it, and the, there were you know you could buy tickets to go because it was at the at the cemetery. Yeah. Correct. And yeah, uh, I couldn't I couldn't go because I was here <laughs> working. <laughs> so it was it was, uh, you know, it's a, sort of where, where do you at, at school? It's all you, kind of like you shot together. it at Hollywood forever. We, yeah, we shot it in the um, uh, the lot. There's a Masonic Lodge. Masonic Lodge there. OK. So and the theme of the special was. I always knew I wanted. I'm a huge Serling, Rod Serling fan. I Me wanted, too, man. Us oh, too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Shit, well, we can talk for another hour about him. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with him. Yeah. Um, and I knew I wanted my first special to be an homage, visually an homage oh. to um, uh, Night Gallery. Right on. Oh, that's cool. And uh, we found. We went to the Masonic. We were going to shoot it at the Troubadour. Okay, sure. And I was like, we could make this look like Night Gallery. And then we went into the into the Masonic Lodge, and um, I was like, "Jesus Christ! Did they shoot episodes in here? Like it was like crazy wow. how much it looked like it." Um, but uh, that was that was that was a great vibe in there. It was a cool, yeah. It was just it was just cool, man. It was just a very cool experience, That's and awesome. it's a great special. And thank two, you, highly two, recommend. It. I can't wait to see it. I'm sorry I haven't yet. Two quick small world stories. Obviously, Hollywood Forever is where we had. Uh, I don't obviously uh, we had the. Uh, the final screening of the, the the screening of the final episode of Breaking Bad. Really? For a fantastic evening. I, I wish I could. I wish I'd go back in time machine and live it over again. Did you do it, it was outside? Cool. It yeah. was. It was all. It was. It wasn't me. It was. Uh, it was. It was Aaron, Aaron Paul. Paul. Aaron Paul oh, and okay. his lovely wife Lauren uh, worked uh, with a woman named uh, Regina who helped. Uh, they put it all together as a. It was a. It was a, the whole thing uh, worked out as a uh, charitable event for uh, the kind 
the kind campaign, campaign uh, which nice. is Lauren's uh, uh, anti-bullying charity. So it was a wonderful charity, and it was it was the I'm it was an amazing there, night. It's it an amazing night. I'm sitting there. We're all sitting on the ground on blankets. I got Warren Buffett behind me. I got uh, sitting immediately behind <laughs> me. Uh, Weird Al is there. Uh, Ron Jeremy, the porn star. I mean, it's, yeah. it was the craziest, most there? eclectic group of people. Who, Kelly? You and McGregor was there. You and McGregor. That's right. Crap. I was, was just, like, what are you doing here? It was an amazing <laughs> evening. Oh, and then and then I got to tell you a quick night gallery story. Oh, please. Uh, remember all the wonderful paintings yeah. at the beginning of night gallery? Uh, 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 a gentleman named Tom Wright mm-hmm. did all those paintings. You mm-hmm. see his name in the credits at the mm-hmm. end of every night gallery. He directed a whole bunch of episodes of of X Files and our spinoff series Millennium. But he was uh, he was a, he's a wonderful director and he did all those wonderful paintings. That's amazing. That's amazing. We yeah we we commissioned. A couple of artists, and we and so the paintings oh. in the background of the special are all references to the jokes. That's awesome! <laughs> oh, that's fun. I got to see this thing. Oh it's yeah! Great. Oh, it's so great. yeah, it's, it, it was it was fun. But I, man, I'd love to meet that guy because that's my dream is that I can one day actually buy one oh, of the yeah. night gallery paintings. But oh, yeah. you know, I think the ones that were available, uh, you know, Guillermo del Toro probably yeah. bought all of them oh, already. Yeah. Put them in a warehouse <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably yeah. like, you know, $55,000 a piece. I, I don't know. But I'm like. Um, well, and thank you guys for listening. And um, we end every episode uh, with somebody doing their best uh, Bob Odenkirk style Better Call Saul. Yeah, but Although how you is Joe going to do it? Because he hasn't seen any Breaking Bad. That's true. <laughs> I'm so, never going to live that down. <laughs> Kelly, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> no, you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look, I, 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 it's not about being sorry. It's just that even when I have friends and family, unbelievably, who come to me and say they've never seen Breaking Bad, I just am kind of like, look, you're not hurting my feelings. You are really missing out. <laughs> that is true. You really are missing out. That's fact. I know it I really have... is quite special. It's always going to be there when you're ready. <laughs> But I agree with, with Peter. I was, the formula is working. I shouldn't mess don't, with yeah. it. Don't screw with it. If it ain't don't broke, don't screw with well, but, but you can still say yeah, the words. So imagine you're Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman, and you're saying the tagline of your, you know, that's really selling. Doesn't know who Saul Goodman Big is. Big enthusiasm. I know Big who energy. Saul Goodman is. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't even know how to do a Odin. Better call Saul. Yeah. 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 Ye